0: Welcome back to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host Emlyn Miles Mattingly where we are changing the complexion of wealth. I hope you have been enjoying these celebration of Women History Month. We've been digging in on this and really I've actually loved this and I've learned so much about women history that I didn't even know just through listening to the women that have been able to come onto the show. I hope you guys enjoyed the one show where we had a guest host of Maricela Miles Mattingly. My wife came on and she guest hosted one her and Rosa Chalekian. So if you hadn't had a chance to go back and listen to that one, please, please, please do yourself a favor and tune in to that to listen to those two incredible women sharing their stories and celebrating the success of women all over the world. Today, we are joined by another dynamic woman. I've been excited about having her on the show. We've linked up and we talked on the phone or we talked on a Zoom call and I said, we gotta have you on the show. We, she's like, I wanna be on the show. I said, we gotta have you. And so here we are today. We are joined by Deanna Yanez. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Emily. I'm excited to be here.
0: I've been looking forward to this. I seriously have. I was like, we met that one time when we had the Zoom call and we just, I mean, we just connected. So it was great. And we're excited to have you. For people that don't know who you are yet, can you give them a little background of yourself? Tell the minority money community a little bit about yourself, please.
1: Well, I'm, I'm Deanna Yanez. I founded All the Colors. And the purpose of all the colors is to expand access to comprehensive financial planning. We've always been—I've always—I came into this profession trying to figure out like how do I serve my community. Mm -hmm. And one thing I'm really passionate about is group coaching, group events. Like I love working out in a group. For me, is much better than working out on my own. So like, Mm -hmm. how do I bring that to money? And I'm creating a new a six month community program to help people feel more confident with their money decisions. So. A lot of the times when people are talking about money, there's this like shame about like, am I doing it right? Mm -hmm. Right? Often that's why clients come to us like, am I covering everything I should be covering? And if from the get-go, you're doing it in a group, you already know you belong. You're not going to be kicked out for the questions that you have. So it automatically just takes away that taboo, that shame. And the goal is that when people come out, they'll be confident in their decisions. They'll know like what are the areas of money that they have to look at and who can they go to for help who feels who, like has similar values that they can they just live into more of what their best vision for themselves is.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that when you see the popularity of the group stuff, right? I used to do the, uh, we used to do CrossFit. Me and my wife would go and we had a group and you know, you kind of have that camaraderie and you have that accountability, right? So now it's like one, I can't miss. Because if I miss, then I'm not going to see Joe and I'm not going to see Karen and I'm not going to see everybody else that goes to class, right? So I I have to go there to be accountable there. But also like, as you guys are working through stuff, it's always good to be able to bounce stuff off of people. That has to be great. What was the inspiration to do the group coaching instead of the one-on-one?
1: There's a couple of different aspects of it. It's like, well, how do I serve more people? And like, Mm -hmm. I want to serve more people because when all of us are kind of like, okay, this is what money is, this is how I work money then you can kind of move on to the rest of your life and like demand more change in other areas. You know, money is such a huge source of stress. Mm-hmm. So helping more people kind of get out of that red and doing it in groups is much faster than one. As a financial planner, I could work with 70 people. But if you get like a group going, there's a lot more people that you can impact. There's the accountability portion of it, mm-hmm. right? And there's also, like I mentioned earlier, that shame around money that people feel yeah. like if you're in a group, it's just not an issue anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. And you've worked with clients and it makes sense as you're saying that I'm thinking because people always want to know what other people are doing, right? Mm -hmm. You're in the meeting like, and you tell the clients like, well, most of my clients, and you're not saying it for any other reason because it is true, but people love being in a group. And so that actually makes a lot of sense. I got to back up and ask you one more question though about that, just because we're on it. Why so passionate about helping so many people?
1: Because there's a lot of work that needs to be done, you know? (laughs) Yep. <laughs> and so much of the time we're like, here you are an individual, you've got to get your stuff in order. But when you work in and in live in an oppressive system that's constantly squeezing things out of you, it's like, you also like the collective also needs to stand up and make change, you know, and you can't ask individuals to change society issues, mm-hmm. Right. So when I think of who I love working with, it's people who feel kind of like isolated in their money. It's people that are like, okay, I know that I should be trying to hoard and accumulate as much money as possible, and the climate collapse. So like, how do I make both of those things come together? And that that's like really the passion behind why I wanted to bring into groups so that people don't feel isolated and bringing together their values and their money. Mm-hmm. And helping more, like more people
0: there than change is possible. Absolutely, right? absolutely. I love it. So I just want people to know why the group is so important. And so I think when you have something like this, because I know there's like a couple of, I've heard of these similar stuff like this before, but not done by you. And I think it's important that you do it. And I think it's important that people hear your voice and your story. And the reason why is because we need more pianas. Telling their story, we got to have it. And so, if we can get you out here telling your story to groups of people at a time, then we can ultimately get to that place where we see wealth begin to change. Tell me a little bit about what Bosca money is. No, did I say? Did I say Bosque? Bosque. Bosque. There you go. There you go. Bosque money. Bosque money. Tell me about Bosque money.
1: And I actually want to go back to the earlier point okay, that no, you no. said. I was talking with Sandra Davis. I'm trying to off her name. She's such a light for me. Like when I meet people like her, people like you, I'm like, okay, I do belong in financial planning. She's such a sage. Because I was telling her, like, there's other people that have done group coaching, why do I want to do group coaching? And she said, you no, know, when you go buy toothpaste, there are fifty toothpaste in that aisle. And like, they all belong, you know, like there's a space for all of them. And mm-hmm. I always think of that, like, why am I doing something that somebody else is doing? It's like, no, because I'm doing it. There's a brand for me. I own three different types of toothpaste, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> there could be mm-hmm. a lot of different right. types of group coaching. And Bullskin Money is the, the main program that I'm creating. It's a six-month community program. We're going to start off and do that program. There's... One of the first things that I'm helping giving people is an overview of like what is everything that you have to think about for your money. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling it Bosque because it's tree. and mm-hmm. it means forest. Mm-hmm. And I want it to be a forest of trees, a group of people that are coming together, like mm-hmm. an inviting place. And it's also like kind of mysterious. The Bosques are always like, well, you don't want to go there because it's, it's too dark, it's too lush. Like mm-hmm. there's both of those things there. And Bosque Money, it's, it's a community program we're going to meet in live via Zoom. So I'm in Mexico. So for me to be able to serve people in the US, it's all virtual. We're meeting 11 times over six months. At first, we're meeting every week for six meetings for 90 minutes. And the purpose is to get the group to feel comfortable together. Because again, we're talking not just about budgeting, but we're also talking about like your money history, about how your ancestors dealt with money, like how's that impacted you, the things that you want to create, how do you navigate living again in a very consumerist materialistic society and also your values like how do you bring all of that together and after six weeks we transition to meeting every fourth week mm-hmm. with the vision being that once people are done with this program they'll continue to have a money session on their own once a month mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in these money sessions you do the things that like you look back and see like what worked last month what's coming up how many Weddings and birthdays am I going to? Do I have extra like cash flow that I had to put aside? Is my review coming up with my employer? How do I get myself set up? So that's like the live interaction that we're having. We're also going to have the growth, which is through Mighty Networks. And it's like a closed, it's similar to closed Facebook group, but it's not on Facebook. So like you won't have to hear about your sister's in-law's dog or whatever it is. If you <laughs> to get distracted with something else, will be like, this is just we'll skin money. This is just my cohort that I went through. And on that online space, definitely accountability. It's also kind of like cheering each other on, right? Mm -hmm. So say, for example, you come to a session and you say, okay, I need to talk to my partner about my spending or their spending or holiday gifts that are coming up. And then you could go to the group and say, like, I'm going to have that conversation I'm dreading and everybody can cheer you on. And Mm -hmm. it's like a community aspect of it's not just you and your money, it's actually you and all of these people supporting you to like live into your best, again, your fullest version of yourself. So there's the live aspect of the meeting in groups. We also have a community where you can meet like through the app on your phone. And I'm also creating a bunch of resources and I'm also curating resources, right? I don't have to make everything myself. I just need to bring things together that make sense. One of the things that I'm excited to offer participants is to have them say, like, if they hear something on the news, or if they have questions about something, we'll bring it to the group, and I'll give you my feedback as a certified financial planner, as a registered life planner, on what it is that they're doing, right? And sometimes it's just whatever their questions are, because again, when it comes to money, there's so much taboo around talking about it, and I just want to turn that on its head.
0: I mean, I think that this is it because being able to have those group relationships, right? Being able to talk to someone in the group and then being able to have those celebrated successes and that accountability to go have those conversations, right? I think all of those things are very, very huge because we have those secret money scripts and we have those taboos and we have all those, the financial decisions that we make that make us feel like we're, you know, we we just didn't do stuff right. And, and one thing that, that we say to our clients at our firm is that we tell them about the client. We have a client GPS, right? And the reason why we call it the client GPS system is, you know, what does GPS do? Tells you where you're at. But the thing that GPS doesn't do is when you make a mistake, it doesn't say, hey, you messed up. It doesn't say anything. It just reroutes where you need to go from where you're at, at that moment. So I think when, you know, people get to hear that from me and There's plenty of stuff that I think that they're going to hear from you that is going to be impactful that they can take after those, you know, after they get out of this class and continue to have those money dates and continue to grow their relationship with money and whoever else that you know significant other if they have one. I think that that's incredible. I like that. I really like it a lot. One thing that you say is keep things simple by doing the next right thing. Talk to me about that. The next right thing. I love that.
1: Yeah, I think for a lot of us, money feels really complicated. Like, am I doing the right and i like to compare it to food I'm like yeah food is complicated but it's also like you know eat more fruits and vegetables like it's, it's also not that hard and i think the financial industrial complex makes it harder to kind of keep people dependent so i'm giving people like an outline of like these are the things to quote dave ramsey like i don't love all of his stuff but i love mm-hmm. how much he simplified it and how accessible he's made money to so it's just like, here's the little baby steps, but also here is everything else. So once you have the foundation, those baby steps done, it's like, okay, what's next for you? Mm-hmm. What is the next indicated step? Like definitely get life insurance to make sure that your dependents are covered. But then if your next thing is like, you want to be an entrepreneur, then what is the next step that you can take in that direction? And again, we're looking at habit change when it comes to money, just like when it comes to food or exercise, a lot of the things that are like ongoing relationships. So the next indicated step is how can you keep inside the big vision that you have and then break it down into tiny little sections and just start making progress? You know, those tiny steps build momentum. They start Mm -hmm. to change identity, the way that you see yourself. Another great thing about being part of Fruits is that the the best way to create a new habit, to create a new lifestyle is to join people who already have that or who are building it.
0: Yes. 1000% agree. As you are saying that, I was thinking about a book, like one of my favorite books of all time. If you haven't read it, please read it. You'll love it because what you're saying is like the caption of the book. It's sitting right here because it is the tiny habits. So Mm -hmm. atomic habits and then like the tiny change with remarkable results, right? I think that that's what you're talking about. The next best step is the, and so what I, what I, at least I'm, I'm excited about it. Okay. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm excited about So when you think about the next step and you think about with a group of people, because I think what happens when people come in to speak to us, they think that they have to do something grand. And it could be like the simplest thing is like, make sure you check your account every day. That's the next step. Just make sure like, like if you don't do that every day, let's just make that a habit. Pick a time of day and do it. And then building on those habits. I think the biggest thing that I learned out of that book was stacking habits. So if I'm gonna go to, before I go to bed or whatever, whatever routines I have, if I normally do something already, just being able to stack that habit on top of what's already going and then making that just the next simplest, easiest thing you can do. Do you have any examples? I know you said something about life insurance, you mentioned that. Do you have any examples of things that are simple that clients have done and really, impacted their overall finance just by making these tiny changes?
1: One of the things that's been really impactful like for clients that have children is writing out like what do you want to teach your children? Even just spending five, ten minutes either journaling it or talking about it, that'll start to make changes to how you interact with your kids. It's like mm-hmm. a tiny step that mm-hmm. actually ends up like permeating the rest of your life of the changes. I think also like, if you had an issue with credit card debt before, it's starting to track how you spend, not even changing anything about it, mm-hmm. but just like literally they're writing it down or putting it on your phone just for two weeks. What happens with me and money? Mm-hmm. And it's just the awareness, not even trying to change it. That can be really impactful because it opens people's eyes to like, oh, wow, I do a lot of things. I had no idea that I was doing, you know, or like every time I go out with a friend, like I spend this much and I don't even know that we need to, like we mm-hmm. can go for a walk. Mm-hmm. It's just adding that little bit of awareness. It's a huge step, but it's also just a tiny one.
0: It's huge and small at the same time. I totally agree. I think about tracking. So there's budgeting and then there's tracking, right? So a lot of people track their spending, but they don't budget their spending. They just look at it at the end of the day, but even more people probably don't even know what's going on in their finances. Like what you're saying, like looking at it on a regular basis. Cause I think that those principles, cause those are principles, right? When you're teaching yeah. those types of principles just to check your stuff, I think it's going to be super, super impactful. And quite frankly, it helped me personally. Like that was something, like yeah. I started telling my clients to do this and then rules that we have the firm are eat the home cooking. So if I tell my mm-hmm. clients to do it, then I'm gonna go ahead and make sure that I'm doing it too. And I did it and I was like, holy shit. like. like like man you know what I mean so it's, it's one of those yeah. things
1: and I think what's really what, it's also really interesting when you when people are like I can't do that and then mm-hmm. it's like okay well why can't you do that like mm-hmm. let's I'm not just going to tell you to do it and then go and expect you to do it like, like, the thing is I'm giving people options like here are different things that we can do what do you want to do and if you want to do it but you can't like well what's getting in the way what mm-hmm. is it I'm a registered life planner. It's like the Kinder Institute training because I love those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's mm-hmm. actually where I love living. It's like helping people and like putting up a mirror for people for mm-hmm. them to see themselves more clearly, so that they can just move on with their life. Money doesn't have to be this huge weight that you're carrying. It can just be one of the tools that you use. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Oh, I didn't realize you were a life planner. Shout out to George Kinder and the Kinder Institute. Actually, uh, he's going to be on the show here a little later. We right? okay. recorded his episode already. So I didn't know that. And then shout out, I got to say something to Sandra. Hopefully Sandra's listening to this. We love you, Sandra. We love the work that you're doing. The godmother of financial planning. So absolutely love her. We had her on. We need to have her back on. We need to talk. So both of those people are making incredible impact in the industry. And if you're a life planner, then you dig deep. You get into like, <laughs> a lot of stuff. And I think what he does and how he trains people to, to really get to those the real things that, that are going to make the biggest moves in their money or in their finances or in their life, really, because when yes, you're- Yes, Incredible stuff. When, sure,
1: let me, let me pause you again, because I want to-
0: Go ahead.
1: As I was listening to you talk, there's this quote that I love, that without inner change, mm-hmm. there's no outer change. Here's the other part of it, though. Without collective change, no change matters, right? I can do all of the inner change that I want, and my life may get better, but if we don't change oppressive systems, like who cares? You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're still living in that same that same pile of compost, right? So I'm calling my thing Bosque Money and Compost is definitely one of the topics we're talking about because we're living and breathing so much of it. And it's so easy to internalize that. And that quote is from Reverend Angel Kyoto Williams, who's a, a black Zen Buddhist, from, who's gotten a ton of training. Like I love, 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 love her work.
0: Nice. Nice. So there's a list of things that we need to make sure are in the show notes today. You're dropping all these gems and stuff. we make sure we get these show notes so the listeners can get to that. This one was really, I really want to talk to you about this. So first generation money questions. Let's talk about that a little bit. Give me your thoughts on first generation money questions.
1: Well, here I'm going to share my story of like why I am so excited in this 1st I'm the first one in my family to be born in the U.S., and I grew up literally on the border, like three blocks away from the border. I have a memory of being a kid, and uh, in the middle of the night, there was somebody who had jumped the fence into the U.S. and was on our ceiling, and the border patrol was outside trying to find. It was on our roof. So, like growing up on the border, being first generation is this huge, but I didn't realize it until I left my community. So I grew up in an area where everybody looked like me. Everybody spoke Spanish. Everybody spoke English. Even my, one of my best friends is Chinese. And she spoke Cantonese at home, Spanish during recess, and English in the classroom. And the first generation money part of it is like, what things did I learn from my family that don't make sense in the U.S.? And what parts like, weren't they able to teach me? Right? Mm-hmm. So it's more of like, what did I get? that doesn't work here, and what did I not get that I should have gotten. It's also what did I get that makes it different, that gives me a bigger oversight. I also think about um, when I go back to visit my family in Mexico and seeing the differences and like how much, this is where I, like, I'm really happy to be mm-hmm. born here, of, like, I would have so much more mobility, socioeconomic mobility, than if I had been born in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So how do I move with that privilege? how do I make that gift, that responsibility into less of a burden, right? So it's also navigating those things of like, how do I give back to my family while taking care of myself here? Mm-hmm. There's a lot
0: there. There is a lot. And I get to see a lot of that with my wife because she's first generation here. And I get to see a lot of cultural differences in the way they look at things. It was just different. Just, you know, just her family to my family. And I'm just like, oh, I didn't think about it. You know what I mean? And not, Good, bad, just different. And I think that having that understanding your own story first and all the differences that you've had to overcome or not necessarily just had differences, I think that it gives you a more well-rounded ability to communicate with the clients in these groups that you're going to have because you just don't look at it from the traditional background of what other people that have been in this industry may have had, right? And I think that that's going to be able to lend itself very nicely to you connecting with the people in the group.
1: Yeah. And again, like as financial planners and for myself as the financial as leading this group, it's like I'm, kind of, I'm people's guide, but I'm not telling them this is what you need to do. Like, this is my story as first generation. And sometimes it doesn't have to be that your parents are from a different country. It could mm-hmm. just be the first one in your family to work in a corporate world. You're yeah. the first one to be self-employed. You I had to learn about stop I and all of that other complex. No those like good things there too. Mm-hmm. There's so many ways, or oh, you're the first one in your family to talk about climate collapse. Like, what do you do with that? It's first generation looking at money differently, or being with money differently.
0: I always say one of the things we try to do is like first generation college graduates. That's one of our one of our mm-hmm. things. First generation six figure income earners. Those are our clients right there, right? Those are people that we work with because you've gone into this. Like I think about just growing up in the financial situation that our parents were in, or my parents were in, and then getting to a place. Okay. So I graduated college now. Okay. Yay. You know, now I get to go get a job. Yay. And now I'm like, I don't know what's going on now. Like there I got like all this money stuff that I got to deal with. And it's so crazy how unequipped you are just from going to school. Even if you go to school and you major in finance, you get out and you still don't know how to deal with everything. I was accounting major. Okay. So I should be good. Right? No, I wasn't good. I still had to learn a lot of stuff. And there's still a lot of stuff that I didn't know because I was first-generation college graduate, because I was a first-generation to be an entrepreneur. You know what I mean? There's like so many different things that you just don't know. We just don't know what we don't know. So, And man. there's
1: there's more to it than though that because there's always like the financial literacy, right? You just have to give people more information. Mm-hmm. And how come that doesn't actually make change? I'm going to go back to food. <laughs> I know what I should be eating. But mm-hmm. right now, I'm building a business. I'm not eating what I should be eating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I don't go hungry, you know? Right. So it's... Again, the literacy, the financial literacy information is not enough. I have this example of when I was in college, I was, I was studying corporate finance and I learned about Roth Iris and Iris. And I asked my mom, what's your retirement plan? She looks at me, She said, like, you and your brother. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: it. I <That's- laughs> that started
1: hyperventilating, right? And I'm like, okay, that's right, I'm nuts again. But then the worst part is like I knew the information and I was working this part time job, so I had to save some money. And I went to my bank, I went to Wells Fargo, and I told them I want to open a Roth IRA. The banker looked at me and said, You're too young. And I said, Okay. And I didn't come back for years, you know? And yeah. that, yeah. I mean, my mom obviously just, she still <laughs> yeah. talked about her Roth IRA. We talked about it.
0: Right.
1: But even though I had that information from that corporate mm-hmm. finance class,
0: mm-hmm.
1: without the right, people the right mirrors I wasn't able to implement it
0: that is so true for so many people I think it happens all the time and I think it really happens to our people right because it's almost like I want to do it but I don't know how and I don't know who to do it with and I don't know and then they're probably just trying and to this one person anyways. told
1: me no right so I'm not gonna do anything
0: <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> I don't even know what to do like I'm done like they said no I can't Roth IRAs aren't for me I have to do something else now That really happens though. Like I talk to people all the time and I'm sure you do too. And they're like, I want to get invested. I want to start investing. Well, then Google something, go open up an account. You don't have to wait for me to do it. They're like, no, 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 I need your help. I can't just do this on my own. And I think that for minority groups of people that have been, you know, marginalized and taken advantage of, you know, unfortunately, by, you know, some unscrupulous financial advisors or financial people in the industry. We won't say finance, we won't because everybody calls themselves an advisor, but advisors, real advisors don't do that. And so you have all of this backdrop with being a first generation person, all the history that we have of how we've treated people in this industry. And then it's like, yeah, go ahead. And all you got to do is open up a Roth. And you're like, uh, I'm cool. I'm, <laughs> I'm all right. I think I'll put my money in the mattress because I know it's there and I can see it. And I can't, you know, I'll try to talk to them about that kind of stuff. But I mean, you know, what do you do when you have to talk to clients about that kind of stuff? The trust. Do you find that clients have a hard time trusting financial? I don't know if you want to call it institutions.
1: And they've got a point, though. They've got a point. When people think about the financial services industry, the most well-known person is Bernie Madoff. <laughs>
0: you know? Like, yeah, no, enough said. That's it all. Right. <laughs> people right are dumb there.
1: and i respect it i respect we each know if somebody is taking advantage like we don't always know but like there is something inside of it that's like i don't trust this person mm-hmm. and whenever i'm sure it happens to you but whenever i tell people like i work in finances they don't want to ask me anything about my work because they're afraid mm-hmm. i'm going to sell them something. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. so how do i change that conversation again it's like i bring myself forward this is who i am my goal is to get you empowered so that you can right-size money so that money doesn't take up all your time, and then you can go live your life, right, Absolutely. with integrating your values. And going back to skin money, we're going to start off slow. I think people that are going to come to me, it's because they're pretty turned off by money. Mm-hmm. So how do I turn them on around it? How do I help them feel empowered? I'm actually sending people these wooden boxes. Nice. And inside of it, there's a couple of different things that we'll be using during the group. And the idea is that you're creating an environment around money and like self-care. Mm-hmm. So inside of this wooden box, you can put those bills you don't wanna open, whatever conversations that you're putting off, just put it in here and then we'll come together once a week, we'll talk about it. And then after a while, like it becomes like, this box is where my money is. And this box also feels good. Yeah, It'll also put things that like you start to, so that when you think of finances, you don't think of Bernie Madoff. You think of <laughs> like how do we start to separate that for people so that they're able to trust themselves in the situation and also identify professionals that can help them because not all insurance people are out to sell you whole life insurance. <laughs> Some are, yeah. but you also do need life insurance. This is true when you have dependency and for disability and like we don't know, we don't use it. We're not protecting ourselves when it comes to risk management because we've been burned so many times. Again, it's like holding both things. Yes, you were burned and yes, you need to go back.
0: I love it. I love it. Man, this is incredible. I always get excited when I hear other people making some, you know, getting ready to make some change in the industry and change for particular groups of people. I think that what you're doing is absolutely incredible and I can't wait to see you just blow this thing up and we're here to support you in any way we can. We just want to see you be successful. Anna, as you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. And I want to ask you a few questions. I have to definitely ask a dynamic woman like yourself, what continues to motivate you to learn, to lead, to grow?
1: Seven generations out, right? I don't remember where that's from, but it's from the of i of just thinking, my great, 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 great grandchildren, what world do I want to lead them, right? I think it's that it's thinking long term because if I think short term it's really easy to get hopeless mm-hmm. my faith also has a lot to do with it I'm Quaker which is a type of Christian mm-hmm. and they're very very social activist oriented like I'm so proud of them when I moved to Philadelphia I learned more about them and like everything they did with the Underground Railroad and like that's still what they live and breathe so yes my faith and thinking about What are my great, 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 great grandchildren going to be up to? What world am I creating and leading for them?
0: I love that. So I usually ask an education question, but I got to ask a family question. So how has your family supported you throughout this journey?
1: Both of my parents are super entrepreneurs. I remember my dad, when I started my corporate career, he was like, why are you working for other people? (laughs) Like, why don't you go build something for yourself? i always so confused by it. So definitely the entrepreneurial, like they're really supportive of it. They're huge travelers. Like they've given me, my parents are so adventurous. So that's like really what I can say. And all of my cousins that are always asking me to translate all the things for them. You know, like, okay, I've got this corporate job or like, these are my benefits. I'm like, how do I deal with my student loan debt? They just remind me of how powerful this trans, because I feel like that's a lot of what I do. It's like I translate this complicated jargon into simple English, understandable English.
0: And I think that's so powerful because I think the true measure of not necessarily intelligence, but the ability to communicate is an ability to communicate at all levels. Right. I love when people are like, oh, my goodness, this person's so smart. I don't understand anything they said. said they can do a good job of communicating because it doesn't matter how smart they sound because they use all these big words. But if you don't get what they're trying to say, then they really missed. So I love that when people take sophisticated topics and make them simple. Last question, if you had some parting gifts or words of advice for the minority money community, what would they be?
1: I'm gonna go back to like do the next right thing. Just Mm -hmm. keep it super simple, build momentum. When I was thinking about building this group coaching, like the next right thing was just to start blogging about it. That's what felt right, writing. And that just continued to build on itself, right? So just follow your curiosity. There's so much in each of us that we can give back and that we can just we can enjoy. It's not always about changing the world. It could just be like, this is fun for me. That is also, also really, really cool. I'm going to toot my own horn. So I helped put together the FBA Next Gen Conference two years in a row. And I volunteered because I did to it two years and there had been no dancing. And I'm like, how do you get together 120 some people all under 40 and like we don't dance in three days like what's going on like how do i help change this mm-hmm. and i volunteered i thought i was volunteering to i don't know to help them put together i don't know place where we could go dance like that's literally what i thought mm-hmm. i volunteered to lead the whole thing
0: oh wow <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i was just following that next that curiosity that like mm-hmm. how do i help with this section and it's part of diversity right it's also You can't get more than three of my family together like after an hour, like for some reason we're dancing. Follow your curiosity. Whatever your flavor is, we need it.
0: Love it. If people want to get more of you, what social medias are you active on? Where can they find you?
1: I just joined Twitter in October. Mm -hmm. I really, really like it. It's actually been very positive Or maybe it's just the people I follow. I'm also on Instagram, LinkedIn, and then you've got my website, allthecolors.net.
0: Nice. What handles are those on Twitter? What's your handle? I don't remember. Um. So we'll get that in there. We'll put it in the show notes after the show. But that Twitter handle is always like, because if you're new to it, then you might forget. But we'll put your social media links in here. I know you're on LinkedIn as well. And that just be under your name. Does it have your middle name in it or just your first and last name? It
1: has my middle name. It has Diana G Giannis because there's a Diana Giannis who's a comedian.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. So then we'll have all of that in the show notes. And Yana, one more time, thank you so much for coming on to the show and for the work that you're doing, the change that you're creating. I'm super excited for you and everything that you got going on.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you. So as you all know, this is the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Inland Miles Mattingly. Until next time, we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one stop shop. I know, I know that really sucks, but I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or a CPA Or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at minority money podcast. That's F-A-N at minority money podcast. So we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time.